When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Here we go. There's only four words. This is something something Bronco? This one's for Pat. Hello. Guy just is smelling the There's only one person that carries the ball right here. Yeah. Tim Tebow back in the system. Oh, oh my God! Denver's got a touchdown. Picked off by the Bronco. Uh-huh. Picked off uh-huh. by the old blue Justin Simmons. Uh-huh. He hit and sacked. Featuring Mile High Reports, Mike DeSico. And Jess Place. And Jess Place. Welcome to Something Something Broncos. Oh, mother. Oh, mother. Hello and welcome. This is Something Something Broncos, and I am Jess Place. Joined as always by Mike DeSico. After free agency, after the draft, training camp, preseason football, finally. Finally, the Broncos played in their first game of the season on Monday night. And. Crap! What happened, Mike? Everything is stupid, Jess. I hate the world. I hate the world. I hate everybody in it. I hate you, Jess. I hate you, too. Uh, it's one of those things where, you know, we lambasted Vic for two, three years with the clock management. And 
not even he did something this bad. I mean, the last thing I remember this bad was, uh, was it John Fox against the Ravens had 30 seconds and two timeouts and Peyton God Manning. And he took a knee to play to overtime. And I believe we lost that game, if I'm not we mistaken. Did. We did. And just the lack of aggression, lack of awareness. Russell Wilson picks up a fourth and five, 65% of the time. And he's like, no, I'm going to take the field goal that's made 9% of the time with a kicker who has never come within three yards of that field goal and have him do that instead. I don't get it. I, like, how do you do that? You go out and you get Russell Wilson for that very moment. We spent a lot of money on him, right? A lot of money, a lot of money. And then you take you take the keys away from him right when he's about to pay off. And I mean, if he doesn't if he doesn't get it, that's fine. No one's going to be mad if you don't go for that 64 yard field goal. No one is yeah. going to be like, you should have gone for that like near world record. Like, well, what Scotty, Scotty Payne, Mile High Reports own mentioned on Twitter, like if they go for fourth and five and don't get it, is anybody going, we should have kicked the 64 yard field goal. That was a terrible choice not to kick the 64 yard field goal. No, nobody is saying that. Nobody says that. it's just. One of those decisions that is so just seems so like blatantly obvious that I still can't grasp that he made it. You know how disastrous it was. The Broncos, for the, the only team since 1991 to fumble twice on the one yard line, let alone on consecutive drives, one of Bronco Twitter's favorite whipping boys, Melvin Gordon, fumbled at the one yard line, and nobody cares. Nobody's, ta- nobody's talking about it because this decision was so bad, it overwhelmed that historic ineptitude. And Russell Wilson played fine enough to win for his first game as a Bronco first game since last year he did fine he had 340 yards passing and 345 sounds like too much there Nathan Nathaniel Nate Nate I want to call him I want to call him bad names but I don't know how much we're allowed to swear on this podcast but he I if the next person who gives me a good explanation for that call will be the first person who gives me a good explanation for that call and I thought I'm gonna call him Nate and I hope he hates being called Nate lambasted a Corton Sutton's uh false start that wiped away that touchdown. You know, that's a bad decision. We can't have that. And me, I just want to be like the arrogance of you to call it somebody else's bad decision. Bad mistake was just too much. That was uh, kind of a must-win game. It like meant so much to the quarterback. It meant so much to Broncos country. It meant so much. And to have it be fumbled away, uh, mismanaged in the way that it was, I, I mean, 12 penalties for 106 yards. Like, I mean, I granted, I'll be the first to say not all those penalties were like legit. Like some of those yeah. were a little, I don't know. They were a little hinky. If you ask like me, like the but taunting call, that taunting call was total. It was, crap. It was lame. Total um, crap. But you know, unnecessary roughness when, when uh, Troy Aikman, he's and, like going uh, for the head. I'm like, he's going for the head. Helmets like, never hatched. And it's like, helmets well, it never, never hit his head, but we got to get that stuff out of the game. And it's like, but he well, did it right. Like just cause you're wrong. Doesn't mean that, that, that this, this play that is so clearly legal is somehow illegal. Like there's nothing that yeah. you could have done to make it any different. Like th- there were some really awful rancid sausage. Paul. The thing is, even like Melvin Gordon's fumble on the goal line, his explanation was it was fourth down. Of course I'm reaching for the goal line. If it's third down, you don't do that. So he was reaching and trying to get in. I can forgive that. He was trying to, he was trying to make a play. Cortland Sutton's false start. Mental mistake shouldn't happen, but we talked about it on the podcast last week. It was going to be loud. It was going to be insane. This is the first time playing. They're going to have false starts. Stuff like that was going to happen. They had, they ran 30 seconds off the clock that they had time to think about this. They had two timeouts they could have called. That was a no excuse preventable decision. It's not like a spur of the moment 
bang, bang play on the field. They had time and opportunity to do better. And this was Nathaniel Hackett's first moment as a head coach. And he threw up all over himself. That would be a shame if his defining moment came in the very first game because every win is truly going to matter in this division. And to throw one away like that so callously, I, I don't know. We're looking at games week 17 and we need a win to get in. Having this W right here sure makes a big difference. We, ha- we, we had every it away. reason to win that game. That that was we had that game. We gave it away. Like we gave it away with fumbles well, and and Graham Glasgow. Like like what like what are you doing, buddy? Like well the the the, the Javante Williams fumble. He's he's already like three yards into the backfield and and Javante crashes right into the back of him because there's nowhere for him to go. Like like he did really poorly. Like that that fumble. Like I mean I don't want to put it on one guy, but if I had to put it on one. Guy, it would not be Javante Williams. It would be Graham Glasgow. I, I watched the video. What does it look I like? I read on Twitter that, that Graham said he was in a pass block mode and that's what happened. I'm watching the video right now. He got blown up, shoved back like he was on roller skates. He just got, like they said on the uh, broadcast, he got abused there. That's what it looks like. Um, I totally agree. I, I saw the video as well. I looked specifically at Graham Glasgow. That is not pass protection. That is total ownage by the Seattle Seahawks. Like they crushed it. Yeah. It looked like his first steps were trying to go forward as if you would in a run block situation that he just got shoved back three yards like he was a child. And so I uh, I think I have to agree with Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. He got blown up. He got abused. And there's no face to be saved by lying. Like we can tell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, again, like maybe he was still in the pass block scheme. I don't know. Offensive line technique. I'm just telling you what I see on the video. And it looks like his first step was forward. And then he just got shoved back like a rag doll. Right so, into Javante. Right into Javante. It's not quite the butt fumble and Mark Sanchez, but uh wasn't pretty either, though. It was not Javante's fault. I also think that it was not Melvin Gordon's fault. He was trying to make a play. He was trying to get the ball into the end zone in the fourth down. I applaud the effort. It's unfortunate the fumble happened, but I have no fault there with uh, the choices that Melvin Gordon made. What kills me is that if they had kicked the field goal instead of going for it on fourth down with Melvin Gordon, they wouldn't have had to kick a 64-yard field goal at the end. Like They could have gone for it at the two-yard line Instead, they kicked a 64-yard field goal. Take the points. It was free points. Hindsight 2020. What were you saying in the moment? When I was watching the game, I agreed with the call at the time in the moment. In hindsight, losing by two, you take points. What did you think in the moment? Were you like, yes, go for it. That's awesome. Or were you screaming at the TV to kick the field goal? I actually was all for the field goal. I was like, okay. well, we should get the points. It's free points. Like, And it's uh, clearly at that point in the game, it was going to be low scoring. Or at least it, it, it looked low scoring at that point. It, who 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 knows what would have happened, but you know, in, in the moment, I'm like, yeah, you get it. Great. You're a hero. You were smart. You had, you had the, uh, the, the cojones to make it happen. And so unfortunately he didn't. And so it sticks with me. It's like that, that want for those three points, those three points that would have made the difference. Let me ask you your opinion on this. Nathaniel, Nate went for Nate. Nate, dog. Nate. He went for fourth down twice, two fumbles. Do you think that affected his decision at the end of the game? Do you think he was like, I went for it. I was too aggressive on those two calls. I'm scared to pull the trigger on this fourth down as well because we blew it on the two other fourth downs. Do you think he got in his own head and was gun shy about going for it? Or do you think the, the decisions are wholly independent of each other? I hope not. I mean, you can't call a game scared. You know, it, it's it, it, lightning cannot strike three times can it i mean it, i guess it can but uh, to to not call uh, a play on fourth down to to go and win the game because you're afraid that you might fumble again on fourth down 
or in, you know, in a critical game situation, I guess, uh, that you can't, you can't be afraid to, to make those calls. And you have Russell Wilson. Like we've already said, like, this is why you bring him in. This is Russ time. It's Russ yeah. time. Let if Russ cook. Let him do his thing. Let's ride. Let's do it. If you're not going to go for that fourth and five, you might as well just save your first round picks and have Teddy Bridgewater under center again. You might as well have just not done any of that. If you're not going to go for it on fourth and five with the game on the line, you might as well just kept Drew Locke out there. What the, What's the difference? Show the cojones. Show the cojones. Um, let's talk about some good things, though, because we need sunshine in our life. We need fresh sausage in our lives. Fresh sausage. Um, the defense gave up 34 yards after halftime. Metcalf had 34 yards receiving, averaged, what, seven yards reception, and one of the most physically imposing receivers in the game. I thought Sertan did fantastic, making him ineffective. They couldn't get anything to him downfield. Or they, no big plays happened. The defense in the second half, 34 yards, zero points. And I can say, and, you, and we lost. But the defense stepped up. They made those adjustments. They did what they should have done. The defense came out. They shut them down in the second half, zero points, 34 yards. They gave up 17 points overall. That is not only good enough to win, you almost always should win when your defense plays that well. And they did great. And it looked kind of shaky in the first half. Seattle was marching down the field. All those drives that were at least 50 yards. But they showed something in that second half. Bradley Chubb showed up. Uh, DK Metcalf in the second half was a non-factor. Lockett, non-factor. Rashard Penny had his moments, but the defense stepped up. There's something there. Yeah, yeah. But that's also saying they were also ineffective in the pass run in the first in the first half, like they could not get there. They were not affecting Geno Smith. They were Geno Smith was like 17 of 17 on his attempts or, or something like that. It was, he started he, 13 for 13, 13 for 13. You, you don't make Geno Smith look like uh, Peyton Manning. Like, like that, that was awful. He had all the time in the world to throw in uh, the first half he wanted. in the first half. Yes. And the second half, they stepped up and they gave up 17 points on the road. In a tough place to play. I mean, who wouldn't take 17 points in a road game from your defense? Everybody takes that. That's a good defensive performance. But yet again, we cannot score over 17 points in an offense. You know, the other thing <laughs> I was expecting to be really good, but wasn't. And, you know, we talked back, like the clock management reminds me of Vic. The special teams was mm. reminding me of the bad special teams for the last three years. Bad decisions. Montrell's a rookie. Uh, but he was tentative. He was wanted to do something, but... It wasn't there. Uh, special teams leave you wanting. Yeah. Yeah. Montreal, like there, there was one uh, a kick return or punt return. He like caught it and then looked up and then like his feet kind of started going, but he wasn't moving. Like he was just kind of doing the happy feet, like looking around, like trying to triangulate his path. And by the time it, it like clicked in his brain that he had to get moving, it was over. It wasn't happening yet. I mean, it, not that it might, it not, might not happen later. Uh, it did not look like it was happening in the moment, which which was a little discouraging. It was. And I think he's going to be good. You know, it wasn't his first game. He played three preseason games and he looked really good. But it's the big lights. It's Monday Night Football. I give him a pass. Like, part of me wants to give Nate a pass because it was his first game as head coach, too. Um, so I can give him a pass. Like, you know, why weren't the wide receivers involved in the first quarter? Why this? Why that? Um, I can understand there's going to be some growing pains. There's going to be growing pains with Russell Wilson, too. I can deal with all that. But the mental mistakes, the penalties we talked about. The uh, Did we mention the end of game 64-yard field goal yet? Uh, no, 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 we yet. haven't mentioned yeah, that yet. Yeah. I don't know if you the, noticed this, but it the is the game. The 64, we kicked a 64 yard field goal. Yard field goal. Yeah, we tried. We tried to. I don't know if you noticed that, but we attempted one. He, we had two shots at it, actually. <clears> and he didn't come close either time. 
it was pretty much the same kick both times. And I read McManus tweeted that I told them they had to get to this yardage because that's my range. If your kicker tells you that, you tell your kicker to sit down, shut up. I have Russell Wilson. I'm going with him. Um, we'll give you a shot when it's 50 yards. And I so, remember being mad at Vic. Remember, he got so mad at Vic because he wouldn't let him try like a 67 yarder that one time. Exactly. Remember? Like, and, like, and, and, you know, I, I sided with McManus in that. I was like, come on, let him have a shot. You know, come on. I believe he can do that. Do I think he can do it now? No. I do not think well, that we are should see ever see 64 yard field goals again unless it's like the end of a half or something like that like exactly. there, there there are there are times when it's okay but to win the game 64 yards when you've got that when much time on the clock but Russell you had Wilson, time to do something else if there's like one second in the clock and you had absolutely no choice and it's like 63 yard field goal or hail mary and it's at mile high try McManus out there sure but you don't let the kicker make that decision that you can't know be they the talk plan. To, that's not they talk plan. about yeah they talk about analytics all off season the numbers all overwhelmingly say go with your all pro quarterback to gain five yards if they get that field goal down to the 50s the chances of making it go up to almost 50 percent from like nine percent there is no reasonable reason to go for it you tell the kicker shut up russell wilson i'm going with russell wilson so yeah. i i that's the only explanation I heard for that was the McManus said it was good. So what? Who cares what Brandon, Brandon McManus has to say in that situation? If there's one second in the clock, sure, you listen sure. to him. Why not? But we no. have no choice. But no. There were plenty of choices. There were plenty of choices. I mean, even to the point where they could have punted it because they had all three timeouts. Like they yeah. really, the defense had been stout, like you were saying, like almost makes more sense to punt it away than to kick the 64-yard field goal. That's like a very low chance. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Of success. Like, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't like that call either, but at least you can see the rationale for it. You can see the plan. You go for it on fourth down with Russell Wilson. You go for it. That's that's the call. And for it's, whatever reason, it was not the call. The it's game. like he was coaching like he had Drew Locke as his quarterback. And you don't. You have Russell Wilson, who you spent all offseason talking about how are you going to like let him cook? You're going to trust him, how you finally feel you can have somebody win. And my question is, you don't want to overreact because it's one game. This decision was so egregious, though. Part of me wonders, like, if you are a player in that locker room or publicly you're saying one thing, but privately you're like, what the hell, man? What the hell, man? Are you like an idiot? Why did you do that? Why? Why? And I'm just curious, like, what the Would he genuine have done that feeling with in the locker like like Aaron Rodgers, that you do the same thing with him. Like, I like the, that is the play. Like, that is the play. You go for it. You know, and honestly, if Drew Locke was your quarterback, yeah, go for it. You still go for it. I'm just curious what the uh, honest feeling on the locker room is. Did they feel like they were cheated out of a chance to win the game? Do they publicly go up to the podium and like, oh, yes, we are behind our coach and we're going to be good and blah, blah, blah. Well, and what do you think if you're Courtney Sutton and you get called out like that? Yeah. You're like, what the Expect heck? Oh, I'm the problem. Like, yeah, by Nate. By Nate, who made one of the worst coaching decisions I can ever remember. And he's yeah. calling you out? Where do you get off, man? And Sutton had an amazing game. It was a terrible call. Everybody jumps off sides in Seattle. It's that loud. I hated it that he did it, but I get that it's something like that happens sometimes. It happens. You move on. How long is it going to stick with you, though? It depends. We win these next three, four games. You get over it. If we miss the playoffs by one game, never. But let me ask you this question. 
Have you forgiven Raheem Moore yet? We won a Super Bowl after that. Have you forgiven Raheem oh, Moore? No. no, never. No. No. And Raheem Moore was a really good player for the Broncos. And he made that one unfortunate play. And that's what he's remembered for. So are you going to get over it? You got to have a short memory in the NFL. Yes, you do. We got another game coming up on Sunday. Wait, we get we get to play again. We get to play again. That's amazing. Has decided that, that, that we are okay to play on Sunday hosting the Houston Texans in Denver. So what can you take from this claim? Like, what's the glaring issue they need to fix in order to win? I think a lot of their big decisions came down to, like, the crowd noise and first game with this new offense, first game on the road. And they're not going to be facing that this next week. What do you think you're Nate? You're going out on the field today to practice. What are you saying? We need to fix this to win on Sunday. Here's the thing. I really liked what I saw in off. I thought the offense was clicking. It was moving. It was looking good. Tight ends were getting play. I mean, Salbert could have had that touchdown and then things would have been different. Yep. I mean, you know, not to stew in, in, in Monday night's game anymore, but I'm just saying the offense, I think it's going to gel. It's going to look even better as the season goes on. Uh, what needs help is tackling. I think the tackling needs to be better. Like you can't just like alligator arm, like, you know, s- s- swing your arm out there and hope that he's just going to fall down. Like it's that there was a lot of that going on on Monday. I want to see better tackling, more pressure. It is the Houston Texans. It is Davis Mills at quarterback. So, I mean, I am the first to say, like, I, I underestimated Geno Smith. Okay. He didn't do anything spectacular. He completed a few Easy passes in the uh, beginning, but then he was completely non-existent in the second half. In the absence of the Broncos' spectacular plays. I think the Broncos lost the game a lot more than Geno Smith won that game. Yeah, it's true. And yeah, I, um, I would agree with that. I you know I'd agree with the thing you said. It seems like it's been a thing over the last several years where Denver is the best team in the league at almost getting a sack. How many times have we seen a quarterback happen like three or four times, complete a pass with a Bronco defender like hanging on them, but unable to complete the play? For the, the touchdown. Play. Like for, yeah. for, for a massive gain or a touchdown. Like, yeah, yeah. That, is, so that is painful. That I, want, I think it's down to good tackling, uh, better pressure, which both were better in the second half. And, you know, again, you know, trying to rehash, most of these starters did not play in the preseason. They don't go full barrel tackling during training camp. And so this was, for some of them, the first full speed contact game in nine months. We can argue whether that decision is sound or good or whatever it is. It is what it is right now. But I would hope that would improve because now they have a game under their belt. Their defense coordinator has a game under his belt. I would expect improvement there. What about you? Well, I hope they have like the self-awareness to know that like they have to do better. Like, I mean, I know the coach is going to tell them, but like they have to have the internal want to do better with that tackling and the fundamental basics of of defensive play. I think they will. They have Houston coming up next. So it's like they get like kind of like these training wheels games. I mean, they really should have beaten Seattle and they should definitely beat Houston. Like there is no... Nobody should be picking Houston to beat the Broncos. But, you know, stranger nope. things have happened. Stranger, th- like, I mean, the Seahawks did win on Monday Night Football and, and, and Russell Wilson threw for over 350 yards. Like, how does that happen? I don't know. But I think the Broncos can beat Houston. They can and they should. And they um, you know, one thing, you know, the narrative on Russell Wilson was also he never throws to tight ends. He used his tight ends exclusively in the first quarter. Albert O looked pretty decent um that's an entirely new dimension to the offense of those tight ends produced like that the wide receivers didn't really do much beyond uh judy and sutton which 
probably directly attributable to the tight ends doing so well. And, and uh, I think Pete Carroll also worked to take away the wide receivers. I think that was his goal. Like, because he, he had this perception that, that Russ couldn't use tight ends. Otherwise, Russ would have used tight ends. Just ask yeah. Graham. Could be. The mistakes that happened Monday night, for me, were attributable, attributable to crowd noise and being in the first game. Neither of those are going to be a factor on Sunday. So I expect a much cleaner, more polished performance on Sunday. I'm interested, you know, like when you have a quarterback who throws four interceptions, you're like, how are they going to respond? Are they going to be mentally ready? Are they going to be gun shy, whatever? How does Hackett respond to this game? And he's taking a beating in the press and from fans, and he's probably self-aware enough that he's taking a beating in his own head. How do you think he responds? Do you think that's even a factor? Or do you think you're curious how he comes out? Will he go for it on fourth down? Will he try to be too aggressive to show people, look, look how tough I am? I think this loss probably hurt him pretty deeply because he knew how important it was to Russell Wilson. He knew how important it was to Broncos country. He knew how important it was to new ownership. He knew how important it was to avenge that terrible Super Bowl. Like there, there were so many storylines woven into this that like that it was there was a lot at play and and it, he blew it. Like, I mean, he blew it and that sucks. And like if there's if there's any coach that the Broncos have had over the last few years, and I, I tweeted this at uh, Mile High Report, I think I think Hackett is probably one of the one of the few who is so self-aware that, you know, he will listen and he will hear that criticism and he will he will internalize it and do something with it. I think I think That's a fair point. I have I have I have faith that that this will be a net positive in the long run for Nathaniel Hackett. I, I don't think that it's not going to be like a bit situation where it's just like, you know, brush it off. Like they, these fools don't know what they're talking about. I think, I think he absolutely knows that that is on him. It's on, it's on him. Speaking of narratives with Russ, one of the narratives was that he wanted out because he felt Pete Carroll didn't trust him. Pete Carroll wouldn't unleash him at the end of the game. Did Nate not trust Russ? Would he not unleash him? Do you think there's any concern for uh, that relationship? I don't think it was trust. So speak, I think it just, was... Is that way too much overreacting for the first game? Which is probably true. I don't think it's a trust true. issue. I think it's, I think it's him being close, close enough for a field goal, listening to the kicker, seeing the time on the clock, and just thinking we can just win it now. Let's just go and win it now. Well, he wasn't close enough for a field goal, and he was not thinking. Mm. <laughs> well i'm I'm trying to put myself in his shoes yeah I, it doesn't make sense to me but yeah but it maybe that's sense what he would... to him at the time and those are the choices he made and now he has to live with them hopefully he learns from them and doesn't uh doesn't just brush them off and, and yeah. repeat the same mistakes over and over and over i agree you know if we had a rookie quarterback who made a game-changing interception or whatever, you'd rightfully be saying, what's his mentality going to be coming in the next game? Is he going to be too gun-shy? So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out with a rookie head coach. You know, is that going to affect how he calls the game? Is that going to affect what he does in this uh, next situation he comes to where it's a fourth down, where it's a big gut decision? Will he trust his gut? And so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I think you're right that he's self-aware. He's going to be better, especially compared to the coaches we've had in the past. But it'll be interesting to see. It has to be better. It can't, we can't have a, 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 a repeat of Monday night. To start off 0-2 against the Seattle Seahawks without Russell Wilson and uh, and the Houston Texans, uh, that is a position I that no one uh, saw the Broncos being in. And it's not a position where they can uh, really make any hay and have much success uh, going forward into the season like we had all hoped. Like, I, I don't want the season to already start swirling the toilet uh, you know, in week three. I agree. And... 
one of the things we talked about in our preseason uh, podcast was the games get really tough at the end of the schedule in December. And so you can't afford to throw away a win right now. And since we already threw one away, Sunday for week two is almost a must-win game for this team. Because if they start 0-2 against Seattle and Houston, I got to imagine their chances of making the playoffs dwindle to like single-digit percentages. Very low. If they drop their first two, when they start playing uh, Kansas City and, and you know, the Chargers Baltimore. look pretty good, and Baltimore and the Rams. Sunday's must-win. It's it's must-win as far as I'm concerned. If you, if if you they want to make any, the playoffs... You have to win this game without a doubt. And so, so, so how much are, are they, they? going to win it by? What do you? What's your prediction? I think the offense had things figured out enough that I feel comfortable expecting they're going to score twenty-seven to thirty points. I think the defense did really well the second half. You can ask the question: Which one is going to show up? The first half defense or the second half defense? The talent they have. I think it's the second half defense. I want to say something like twenty-eight to seven. But I also predicted like, what, 31 to 14 for Monday night. So what the heck do I know? Not much, but 20 to seven. That's my prediction. I think this team showed enough that I'm not concerned about the on-field performance as much as I would have thought of after losing to Seattle. I think tackling will still be suspect. I think, I think Houston will get two touchdowns. I think it'll be 14 points for Houston. But I think Denver will maximize their uh their chances in the red zone especially uh i'm gonna say 24 14 broncos let me ask you a question you've mentioned tackling a couple of times you know i've heard like you know tackling is an attitude do you think that's a player problem do you think it's a coaching problem why why do you think tackling has been a problem with this team for a few years now uh what's going on why do you think that is I could see it being a problem because like you said, it was, it was loud as hell. They were opened on the road. There's a lot of emotion, a lot of stuff tied up in this. Like, you know, for better or for worse, Seattle's defense did come to play. Like they They were were good. They were amped and ready to go. I don't think that Denver had that same intensity, but that's not to say that they're not going to have that kind of intensity when they uh, have the flame cannons and uh, and fireworks in their favor. Um, I think I think, think that the intensity will be ratcheted up um, against Houston. Do you think that's on the uh, coaching staff, the defense coordinator, or do you think that's on like the team captains to you know like, like tackling? You have to want to tackle somebody. You have to have that attitude. And it's been something that's been lacking in Denver. Who do you think uh, needs to step up and practice this week and say we need to get that fire lit? Is that Bradley Chubb, the team captain? Is that uh, our defense coordinator? I think coordinator? the individual players need to find it. Like, you, you know, these are grown men. They're professionals. It's not like, you know, who's 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 going to go in there and, you know, slap them on the helmet and be like, come on, man, you got to get out there and do the right thing. No, it, it's it, you, they are paid <laughs> to play the game, and they all know how to play it. Like, they, they, they have known good tackling technique their entire lives. Like, they just need to go out and do it. And I think being at home, having the fans – chanting their names and, and and being super excited to see Russell Wilson and all of them, I think that will raise the level of play, uh, build that confidence that they need to need to have. And so it, I, I think we'll see a, a improved play for sure. One last question for you. Going into Monday night, people were saying, are they going to boo Russ? Are they going to boo Russ they Sunday? Did. Are they, they going to boo? Are they going to boo Nate? If I was there, I would boo Nate. No. You don't really? think so? You would, you would oh. boo him right out the gate? Nate yes. out the gate? Yeah, I you would. Mean, you mean because Nate I'm a petty, small person, uh, Jess. <laughs> and I love my team. 
I love them as much today as I did yesterday, and I would cheer for them, but maybe it'd be a symbolic boo. I want to give my boo on the record, but pregame introductions, I would boo him. That's me. Wow. I'm I'm a wow. small man. Like I said, when it comes to that, that's what I would do. You wouldn't. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. I, 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 there's very few people I can remember like being excited to boo. Like a Jay Cutler, I was excited to boo him. Uh, Brock Osweiler, when he came back with the Texans, I was excited to boo him. Really? Um, I, oh, I yeah. have no problem yeah. with Brock. I, 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 I found forgiveness in my heart uh, he, since then. He came if back. If somebody gives you, you know? $72 million, you take it. I do not blame Brock for that decision. It wasn't and that. Concerning... It was his, his boycotting of the Super Bowl festivities and the ring ceremony and all that. Like, okay, that's little, fair. Was like, it was a little butter. You know, that's, it wasn't about the fair. money. It was about, you know, hurt feelings. Being butter. Okay, and that's fair. You got to, you, you know, again, you're a professional. You got, you just won the freaking Super Bowl. They couldn't have done it without you. You need to be there. Yeah. Like, like for, yeah. for better or for worse, you're part of that history forever. And so soak it in, enjoy it, like be yeah. a part of it. Don't don't yeah. sit it out and just be like a sourpuss. Maybe I'd be the only one booing Nate and people will be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, because ah, I'm still pissed about last week. That decision has bothered me enough that I would boo him on Sunday. No, Not the entire game, but during your introductions, be like, hey, you're a terrible. Person. I'll give you a second chance. You're my coach. You're a terrible. Person. But you deserve to know <laughs> that I'm angry at you for Monday night. No. He knows. He's, I'm going to uh, write him a to this podcast. He knows. He does. Yeah, this is must listen inside Dove Valley. I need to see change. I need him to understand my feelings. I need him to be better. This is the thing. With Tell any me. coach, I always give them the benefit of the doubt probably a lot longer than I should. You're uh, a nicer person than I am. I, you know, with Vic, I was like, you know what? Like he's, he's working something here. The defense looks good. Let's keep it going. Like I, everyone's kind of down on him. And, but you know what? Like he, there really isn't, I, there wasn't enough there until there was enough there. And then when there's enough there and then you just can't make excuses anymore, that's when it's time to start booing at the stadium. Like that's, yeah, when, yeah. that's when I, I I'm ready to cash in on the chips, but it, it's been one game. He's a rookie head coach. He made a mistake. It was a big mistake. It wasn't even one game. It was the last minute of one game. It was the last minute. of. He game. didn't do poorly. I thought the offensive game plan was good. I thought the play calls were reasonably sound. Honestly, for the first 59 minutes, I thought he did a great job. For his first game, I had few complaints. But, you know, petty person over here. All right, go ahead. Boo him now because he's listening. Boo to you, sir. Boo. No, oh, come I'm on. Sorry. Do a, I'm do sorry. Do a good one. Do a Boo. good one. Like, Boo. Boo. I'm sorry I had to do that, Nate. It's got to be you forced my hand. You forced my hand. I didn't <laughs> want to have to do that, but be better, dude. Be better well that concludes yet another week of something something broncos be sure to follow mike on twitter mike what's your twitter it's at mike to my twitter is at jezru and you know what's a good follow mike at mhr podcast because that's where you find out when all new mile high report podcasts are dropping including something something broncos including something something broncos horse trash broncos bend dublin to denver uh what a lineup all of all of uh, Ian St. Clair stuff. He's got he's got all sorts of he's got odds and end zones and Broncos blast and and Ian just has such a rich velvety voice. It's true. Listen yeah. to him. It's it's, it's amazing. It's, Big fan of Ian. You know what else is fun is uh, the at Mile High Report Twitter account. Um, it, it, there's all sorts of breaking news and important information during the week, and then on Sunday they give me the keys. And I am the one who uh, brings you the childish banter and uh, pithy comments and sarcastic uh, 
assaults on Noah Fant this last weekend. Um, I, I, I want the keys one day, and you'll be able to tell because there'll be a lot more f bombs, a lot in more my swears, life. so many more swearing. If you see like an uptick in swearing, you knew they made a big mistake and let me do it. Now, it, it's important to remember that they gave me the keys to the Twitter account in 2019. So usually uh, during games, it's it's just me slipping into deep depression as the games <laughs> go forward. And so uh, I'm really excited at the prospect of not having that happen this year. Although Monday night, there was a lot of that. It was a lot of the, so much. I'm laying in bed, I'm still super angry, and I'm just going to take it out on the Mile High Report Twitter account. Let's all do better. Let's all do better. Let's all do better. We'll turn the page together. Turn the page. Sunday, Houston Texans at Denver Broncos is going down a Mile High. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Boo Nate. Boo.